Hello, wifey. It's so good to see you, my sweet wifey. Glad you're watching and tuning in. Mr. Nix, good to see you. Uh, both you guys, I'm just kind of giving a few few seconds, maybe 15, 20 seconds, and then we'll get going. Mr. Tim, it's good to see you. I'm sure it's way past 50 days, uh, which is great, uh, which is a wonderful testimony. 50 days, brother. It's probably like 60 days, so I'm so proud of you, man. We are, uh, hello, Miss Brittany. It's so good to, to see you. Hope you enjoy tonight. We're going to have a blast from the past. I'll wait just a little bit. Mr. Rod, long time no talk, my friend. Uh, it's so, so good to be on here. Even though we can't physically say hey and hug, but we can certainly be connected in this form and fashion. Oh, 68 days. Lord Jesus. Man, let me tell you what. These have been the best 68 days of your life, my friend. And it's just going to get better. It is going to get better. All right. I'm going to wait just a little while longer because I got some announcements. So I kind of want everybody or, you know, as many people as possible to be on for the announcement. Hello, Mr. Tyler. We walked by your house today. And Deacon said, let's go to Tyler's house. And I said, he probably is not going to want us to go to his house. Hello, Miss Brenda. We are, uh, we are up here taking care of your, your boy, Brandon, your, your, your boy Brandon. Hello, Miss Stacy. Hope all is well down in the southern region. Uh, Louisiana. Just a few more seconds and I will get cranking. And I won't hold you guys long, I promise. We're going to have fun. Miss Jade, hope you enjoy tonight. Maybe tonight we'll just reset and I uh, hope you have a great evening and uh, hope everything keeps moving forward. I know everybody's having good days and some people are having bad days, but you know, we're still trucking. We're still moving. We're doing it together. Oh man, golfing, that sounds like a blast, brother. Man. Yes, man, we we are doing good. We are staying we are staying inside, but we are having to go outside because we gotta get some fresh air. All right. I'm going to uh, I'm going to move move on in. Looks like um, we've got you know a nice bit of our overcomers guys here. So let's uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to move forward and have a great night. Okay, uh, Father God, I thank you for every person that's tuned in and Lord that plans to tune in. Lord, I pray that no matter what's going on in their life, Lord, that that hope would be spoken, and there would be encouragement, God. I pray, Lord, right now, the, the thing that we need the most is truth and hope. And God, I thank you that you give both of them very freely. And Lord, I thank you for this, uh, for this avenue that we can still share, no matter what's going on. Maybe places are closed, but I pray, Lord God, during this time tonight together, all of us together can tune in to what you have been saying and what your heart is, and God, that we can leave change, Lord, just through a, a, um, a live event, 
Maybe we can't go to a church and leave changed, but God, we can watch a few minutes and hear your heart and get into your word together, and we can leave challenged and changed. And Lord, I pray most of all that our eyes would be open, God, and our ears would be open, that we would hear what you are saying, and that we would tune in to that still, small voice that you that you herald the truth from. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to share a, a sweet, sweet little, uh, sweet little word with you. It's really, honestly, it's just a bunch of wisdom that I have heard from other people over the past 16 years and that I have walked out myself. So, you know, every week we have, every Thursday, we have an overcomers meeting at the church. And it's really for anybody overcoming addictions, overcoming uh, pornography, overcoming different things that are going on in their life which everybody's trying to overcome something. Um, I'm overcoming being on my telephone while my kids want to play, you know, and just different things. Everybody is overcoming something. And so I am so excited that it touches everybody. It's not just one group of people. Um, and we're all doing it together. There's no person that says, hey, I am the overcomer. No, everybody is becoming overcomers. So it's not like one person has all the answers we're all finding bits and pieces to the big puzzle, right? And we're saying, hey, that piece goes right there. Oh, cool, this piece goes right there. So the good thing is we do it together. So tonight, um, Tuesday usually is, is about the time the Lord begins to tell me, hey, this is what you're going to talk about this week. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, that's fine, Tuesday, because that gives me a couple of days to kind of get it all together. And, uh, and I, I really, I'm not a big, I'm not a big timeline kind of guy, but I do like to have something to look at and kind of keep my ADD in check. And the good thing is I've got all you people here to keep me accountable and keep me in line. And, and if I start sharing some heresy, you know, you can tell me. Uh, I'm just kidding. So I'm going to talk about deception and ignorance, which when I heard that Tuesday, I was thinking, oh, Lord. So that means that I've been deceived and that I'm believing some ignorant things. And I was thinking, shoot, I've done a lot of ignorant things. And so I began to say, okay, Lord, what, what are you saying? And, and what do you want to, what do you want to open up from your word? How do you want to, how do you want to share this? So what I did is I just began to look at my own life first. The first thing I do is look inward. Okay. Deception and ignorance. Shoot. I know me, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head. I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts that go through your head. And I began to see a pattern. And, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I forgot to, to do the announcement. I am so silly. But anyways, I'm going to come right back to where I just left off. So I had to get a test for COVID-19 yesterday. Can you believe that? And let me tell you what. I want to inform you. That little piece that they stick up your nose it goes all the way to about right here, and it really is uncomfortable. The lady informed me. She goes, listen, I'm going to stick this metal flexible thing up there, and it's going to go way further than you want it to go. And she was right, too. Uh, so they checked me. Um, and, and listen, I got the results back today. I don't have the cooties. I don't have it, and I was so excited. I was so happy. I was watching my little Mayo app, and I was so excited. But I was having a little shortness of breath, not really sure what that was. Um, feel okay. 
Don't have any fever. So anyways, good thing. I was excited. Um, I was really, it felt like a movie driving through that little thing. And it's just so real kind of what's happening in the world. So um, I was certainly encouraged that I don't have it. But it made me think about other people that go through there and they get a, they get a bad report. And the hope that they need to hear from us, the hope that they're seeking and they're looking for answers. So um, anyways, I don't want to go get too ahead of myself right there. Uh, and two weeks from now, so not, not, not next week, but the next week, we're going to start our spring term for the overcomers. If you attend overcomers at church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We start it all over again. There's another 13 weeks. I think it's 12 or 13 weeks that we have the, um, the Overcomers meeting every single week. We talk about different things every week. And uh, it just, just we get in the Word and we learn how to overcome stuff in our life and we share each other's burden. So that's two weeks from now. So I'm going to share my story and I'm going to share how the Overcomers thing began for me, how I learned how to overcome, how I figured out I was an addict, and all these other things. Um, so it's going to be really cool. If you want to invite, here's what I encourage you to do, and I always encourage um, on social media when we do this event, invite people that do not know Jesus, like have never heard of him, or maybe they, they're living in a bad situation, they just got out of jail, whatever, because I'm telling you, when I share this story, it's just the love of Jesus. I mean, I was I was in jail. Uh, I did all the drug stuff, and I was just lost as a goose. So I'm telling you, if you invite people and you 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 send them to a friend request me, I I will add them and I will share the simple gospel and just the love of Jesus. That's what people are looking for right now. So great opportunity if if you want if you want to do that. So just uh, just be encouraged. Two weeks from now. So that's April the 16th. Okay. So back to what I was saying before uh, my ADD kicked in. So now I'm back, right? Okay. So deception and ignorance. I mean, it, they're two very hard subjects to talk about. They're, they're not easy. They're not easy to digest. They're not easy to tackle. But I can tell you this. From Tuesday till today... I have been changed. I am aware and I am alert and and I'm refreshed because God's a good daddy and he he tells us, "Hey, that is not going to fare well for you if you keep believing that. That is not going to if you keep thinking that mindset, that's not going to fare well for you." And so I am thankful that he does share hard truths with us. He loves on us. He's a good daddy. So you don't know what you don't know, right? So you need to know what you don't know, right? It's okay to laugh. You can laugh. I think there's a laugh button, so I don't I don't know how to hit it, but I'm sure you you probably know where it is. Uh, me and this guy were talking the other day. I don't see many people in my work, um, which you know is kind of good and it's kind of bad. But a guy was talking to me the other day, and and the, the some of the guys at the dealership. They didn't write the VIN number, so we didn't know if these were the keys to the car or not, which if you've ever worked at a dealership, it's really difficult when you don't write the VIN number. I mean, you've, you've got like 500 cars, so you have to go and find this car. 
a good thing they have horns that honk. So this is what the guy said, and I laughed because I thought it was funny. He said, you can fix ugly, but you can't fix stupid. <laughs> That's your cue to laugh. It's okay. But God can fix stupid. That's what I wanted to tell him. I used to be one stupid individual. Listen, and my wife is watching right now, and I don't want her to put a comment down there, but I do stupid things every day. And she, she may put a comment, maybe she won't because she's a really good wife. But God intervened. He filled me with the Spirit. So with His Spirit came wisdom and understanding and discernment and like, hey, the stuff you used to do before, you're not going to be able to get away with it anymore, which is good. I, I, needed, I needed to know that. So let's dive right into deception, then we'll dive into ignorance. And I'm going to share a bunch of my personal experience with both uh, because I think it's good. It, it's good for me to look back and think, wow, man, God has really, he has really done some growing in my life. And you may think to yourself, man, God's done a lot of growing in you. And I think now more than ever is a good time to reflect at how far we've come, but where we are heading, where we are going. Deception, it often moves together with ignorance. The sad part about deception is you never know you're deceived until somebody else tells you. Did you know that? That is super sad. The reason that is is because when you're deceived, sin happens that blinds you every time. And that is the scariest part. Uh, a mentor of mine, I asked him, I said, man, what's your biggest fear? You know, I just ask crazy questions like that. What's your biggest fear, man? And he said, John, my biggest fear is at the end of my life realizing that I was deceived. And that really, really ministered to me because I was thinking, wow, yeah, me too. I mean, that would be a fear for me. And the other fear of his was um, having to bury one of his kids. Man, I think that's probably everybody's worst fear. Uh, but that really ministered to me about him saying that at the end of his life, finding out that he was deceived. And that's powerful. That's why accountability is so important. Sitting down with people that you can soundboard and say, hey, this is kind of where, where I'm at, you know, and these are the things I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Do, do you have any red flags? Do you have any wisdom that you have learned in your life? And just getting together with somebody that, that, maybe is not biased, but is, is, is more of like a, a soundboard and they kind of listen and they just, they're not there to judge you. They're not there to give you their opinion, but they're just there to help you and guide you. And, and the good thing about it is God uses that. The Bible talks about many counsel and that's good. So I've learned over the years to have many counsel. And honestly, it has led me it has kept me from a lot of bad situations. I will say that. And it has kept me on this, this road of moving forward. The devil lures us into these traps. And then he shows us the bait. Of course we bite it. Then we're blind. Doing life alone, it makes you an easy target to get tied up. Then you're defenseless. But when you have a friend with you, you guys figure a way out. Or he'll say, hey, 
don't go that way. You're going to fall off the cliff. But if he weren't there, you would just walk right off the cliff. And so I began to see like right now, people need each other. They really do. Uh, I mean, they need wisdom more than ever. Same for me. I mean, I, I honestly, I have reached out to people that I'm close with and accountable with, and I have grown. And I'm excited because you can always keep growing. You never stop growing. So I'm, I'm going to share 1 John 3, 7 through 8. This is what it says. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you. That's what it says. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has since been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. This is First John. This is the next verse. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they're children of God. I remember I was I was not a child of God. I was I was learning to be one. Um, and a lot of that had to do with deception. I was thinking, I can have God and I can have all this other stuff too. And that wasn't the case. Let me tell you what, he told me one time, there's a line drawn, buddy, and, and you're either gonna Leave that stuff behind, or you're going to, I mean, that's where that's the path you're going to go. And there was a boundary line there at some point. You know, there for a while, he kind of just let me get to know him. and But there was times he would put his fingerprint and say, hey, you've got to get rid of that. If I'm going to be Lord, you've got to get rid of that. you got to stop doing that. I'll give you the power to do it, but you've got to quit doing that. And it And it really helped me understand that I can't manipulate him and, and say, okay, give me all your blessings and all this other stuff, and I'm going to keep all this other stuff over here. But he, he, was, he was teaching me that he would take me little by little, little by little. Sure, he, he told me, yeah, come as you are. That was absolutely how it was. But as I got closer to him, I didn't desire to do that other stuff no more. I said, okay, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. I don't want to have to hide sin in my life anymore. And he said, good, because I don't want you to do that. And so he always helped me. As, as long as I was willing to leave it behind and not try and hold him and hold my sin and have both. So that was good that he was saying, hey, if you have me, you don't need this. So the devil had me hooked on one thing and said, no, you need this. God can't help you here. And I eventually had to let that go and God filled the void and there was no need for me to have. So I don't know. I don't know how that works for you, but he'll always work with you little by little. And you'll know when he's saying something to let something go because <laughs> it'll just like never go away. Some people say, he doesn't talk in an audible voice. I wish he did because it's so loud on the inside of you when he's telling you to do something and it's like it never goes away and even people that don't even know you walk up to you and say exactly what he's saying inside of you. So it's more than a, in an audible voice. So that's Lanyap. 
Pastor John calls that lanyap. That's for free. That wasn't in the notes. Deception, essentially, at the base of it, begins when you believe and act on the lies you hear. So every day there's thoughts coming in. This guy told me a long time ago, John, the birds can fly on your head. Don't let them build a nest. And it made perfect sense. A thought can fly in, but you, you've got to tell that thought, hey, that that's that's not gonna that's not gonna that's gonna hinder me from walking out God's calling on my life. So you you gotta go. It probably would have got me ten years ago, but that's not gonna work today. And so there's always gonna be thoughts coming at you. Something he's the devil's gonna throw something at you, and so you just can't let them build a nest up there. So what happens is the thought comes up there. Then you think, well, I've got to do that so that thought will go away. No, you just got to tell that thought to leave. You just have to tell that thought, hey, listen, you've got to, you're going to have to obey God and you're going to have to get up out of here. And that's, that's okay. You can do that. I do it out loud sometimes. I mean, I'll have a thought and it'll just kind of begin to sit there and just kind of build, you know. The thoughts build momentum inside your head. The longer you sit there and entertain them, then, then you just have to, you have to begin to build a habit of telling them where to go. And the cool thing, here's, here's what I learned, is um, before I was married, the, the devil would throw thoughts about these girls, different girls. And so what happened is, is he would say, oh, I bet that girl's going to be your wife. Then I'm like, that girl's not even in church. So what I would do is start praying for her. Lord, I pray for, we'll just say Jessica. I pray for Jessica. She'd get filled with the Holy Spirit. She'd get changed. And you know, you know what I noticed is he began to, he began to... <laughs> He began to move the thoughts different places. So uh, just be aware of your thought life. Most of the stuff that happens in your life, it starts right here. All right. The devil always brings you half-truths. They're half-truths. So they are kind of true, but it's not truth. He will say, this is what he told Adam and Eve, did God really? You're going to start. Here's one that he's using mega big right now. God's not going to take care of you. You're going to starve. You have to take control of your life. You're going to get sick. You're going to die. You're not going to have enough. Blah, 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 blah. You're always, here's where he gets into the addiction side. You're always going to be this way. You're never going to get free. Uh, th then he starts going into the Bible and tearing the Bible down. Angels aren't real. God doesn't really heal. You married the wrong person. Uh, then he gets back into the addiction again. Drink this. This will take the edge off. Smoke this. No big deal. It came from the ground. So it's it's always like a it's always like a half truth. It's just like okay, it's not really a lie, but it's not really like the truth. And so you have to be careful with the thoughts that come in. And I mean, you really can't control them from coming. You can just control what happens when they come in. Oh, this is one he used to get me with all the time. You don't need the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. He would tear me up with that. Let me tell you what. I am so glad that I surrendered and said, I need the Holy Spirit. I need every bit of this thing, Jesus. I need every bit of it. Listen, because let me tell you what. It has helped me walk in victory. Seriously. He's going to tell you stuff 
so you don't believe it. He's going to keep you away from victory. That's his plan. Um, I used to always think, oh, the devil's not really my enemy. He is totally your enemy, and he hates your guts. And I, I really, I didn't really realize that until, you know, really wild stuff began to happen in my life. He attacked me, you know, like with my spleen deal. I mean, he totally attacked me and tried to kill me. And I was thinking, man, this guy is not playing with me. No, he is, he's got one job and it's to destroy you. And so that's what I have to think about is when he brings me these halfway truths and tries to deceive me. He's good. I mean, he's really good. He's been doing this for a long time. So anyways, he wants us to covenant with him. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. God speaks to us. Jesus, I mean, they're three in one. He speaks to us all the time. So the devil does the same thing. He just needs you to cut a covenant with him. That's what he needs. He can't, he can't get you away from God, but he can deceive you so you quit following him. Maybe he can't take your, your, your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life, but he wants to get you away from him. He wants to, he wants to leave you powerless. He wants, to, he, he wants to do everything he can to keep you from the Word and keep you from the power of God. That's what, and certainly, here's, here's another thing. He doesn't want you to tell anybody about Jesus. Nobody. He's probably really fine with you going to church but you start telling people about Jesus and that, I mean, irks him to death. So anyways, I just want to share with you because this took me a long time to realize and I still I still forget too that he's a real enemy and he doesn't like us at all. He's not like just uh, not worried about us. He is, he is sending, he is setting traps up all the time. This is, this is, this guy told me this years ago. He said, John, while you're sleeping, the devil's doing push-ups, plotting plans on how he's going to kill you the next day. And, uh, and I was thinking, wow, that's radical. But if you think like that, it kind of serves you. And you, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're able to put your armor on when you wake up and you don't go out there and just get your brains beat in. So, all right, think about this. As we talked about deception, think about this. God is working right now for my good. He is making a way for me when there seems to be no way. Believe that Jesus is for you. He's making your path straight right now. Right now, why everything seems crazy, out of order, messed up. A book I was reading today is by Eugene Peterson. It says, when we don't see God at work, we assume he is doing nothing. And I read that sentence like four times and I said, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I don't see him working, I feel like he's doing nothing, but he's never doing nothing. He is always moving on our behalf. Everything that he has done for us, he started from the end of our life and went back to the beginning. He's, he has made a way for us. No matter what's going on, he has made a way for us. The most important sermon you'll preach is to yourself. There's times I get in my car and I'll say, John, you've got you have got to let go. You or or John, you have hey, God is saying this, you've got to do it. Period. 
No matter, yeah, maybe you don't know how to do it, but you've got to do it. And so you have to preach to yourself and you've, you can preach to anybody else too, but you're going to have to preach to yourself most of the time. You can talk to yourself too. That's okay. I talk to myself. I actually, sometimes I argue with myself. I am not doing that. The Lord's telling me to do that. I'm not going to do that. Nope, I'm not going to do that. That's like this. I was like, Lord, I am not talking about deception. No way in the world. Nope, I ain't doing that. And I, he was like, yeah, you are. I said, no, I'm not. And so it's okay. You, you, can, you can preach to yourself. Coach yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't let everybody hear you arguing with yourself because they're, they're going to be like, something may be off with. They know I'm weird. So no, it's no big deal. But they, you may, you may not have that. You know, people may not think you're weird. But you start talking to yourself, they're gonna think you're weird. All right, I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay, here's a, here's an example of a deceptive thought. Just a prime example. Do this and you'll be happy. That is a big one. You don't need anything to make you happy. Here's here's how to be happy. Watch this. Think about how blessed you are, then you're happy. When I start struggling, man, you know, life is not what I wanted it to be or whatever. I start sitting back and thinking, 16 years ago, I was sitting in jail cell with a, with a zipper suit on, and I have nothing. And I was happy. I mean, I didn't like my circumstances, but... I was somehow happy because I had found everything I was looking for. I I surrendered my life. I said, you know what? God, I'm tired of running from you. I'm sick of this. I am sick of having to do everything on my own and and try to keep the world, keep all these plates spinning. I mean, all the plates were crashed when I went to jail. Everybody that ever believed in me, they were like, thumbs down. That's what Deacon says, thumbs down. And that's, I mean, that's just how it was. And I just said, God, I don't have nothing. And he said, good, good. I am glad because you got me and that's all you need. And that was right. That's all I needed. So, you know, that is happiness. When, when, you're, when you're there, you know, they, they locked me down the other day because I had to do that COVID test. They said, don't go anywhere for two days. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, I can't go to work? And they were like, yeah, you can't go to work. And I said, oh. Well, it was really good for me. Like, because I don't never not do nothing. If you know me, I have got a to-do list as long as your wall. As long as from that ceiling to the floor. And I just, I'm always doing something, moving. And, you know, that's, I'm never still. And it was good for me just to kind of stop and just do do nothing, you know? Yeah, I was reading books and stuff like that, but it was good for me to stop and just realize, like, man, I've got a great life. I've got, I've got a great family up there. My kids are, they've got, they're healthy. You know, our bills are paid. You know, we've got food in our refrigerator. We've got, we've got Clorox wipes. You know, that's a big deal. You know, we got toilet paper. We got wipes, you know. And I was thinking, man, we really are blessed. I was looking at our at our um, our forks and knives, and I was like, man, that's nice. You know, like, 
thank you, God, you're good, you know? And I began to see, wow, I am happy. I don't have to look anywhere else. I am happy. So here's the statement. You will be happy when you decide you're going to be happy. And that's the truth. When you began to just shift and say, you know what? I don't have to chase anything anymore. I wrote, I wrote this little message probably 16 years ago, and it was called The Chase. And that's exactly what it was. I had chased money, fame, and success, and all this other stuff. And listen, when I got there, I mean, I didn't feel better. I actually felt worse because I was so... I had just totally, I was oblivious to the people around me, and I didn't even care about them. All I cared about was myself, and I was thinking, gosh, this is terrible. I thought I would be happy. I remember reading this thing years ago, and it said the, the downfall to climbing the ladder is when you get to the top of the ladder, you realize you were leaned up against the wrong building, and I just laughed. Because that's funny, you know, because it's so easy as humans, we are climbing ladders. We are doing things. And, and you know, it's, it's okay to do things. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to aspire. That, that's great. That's called, that's motivation. But to get to the top of the ladder by yourself and you're leaned up against the wrong house, that sucks. That really sucks. So what I've learned is, yeah, I'm going to keep moving forward but it's it's about other people. It's not about me. It's not about anything to do with me. It's about other people. And I've made it about other people. And every time I've done that, I've always felt happy. I've always been fulfilled when I make it about other people. And that's just so enjoyable because I was never ever I was never like that. I never made it about other people. I promise you. If any if you know me and you've known me for a long time. I was not about other people. All right. So, oh my goodness. I got to share this story. This is an ignorant. This is a, this is a deception story right here. So, I was hello, hello uh hello ma'am. It is so good to see. Glad you're on here. I I'm going to say is it Donisha? Yeah, hopefully I got that right. Good to have you on here. So I bought, I had a truck, and if you know me, I had to put everything on it, and I don't, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that because I love cars. I still love cars. Jody knows I love cars. I may not be the best painter, but I love painting cars. I love messing with them. So I bought this truck, and I painted it white with blue pearl. You know, I had big chrome 20-inch wheels on it. 20s were a big deal back in the day. You know, now they got 43-inch rim, which is crazy. You know, that's huge. That's like as tall as a door. So, I mean, I put these TVs in there. Oh, my goodness. This was a big deal to me. And let me tell you what. I was so excited, so happy. I was like, dude, this is happiness. Within one week. Let me tell you what. I drove around town, and, and I had that TV and I was playing music videos with my four or $5,000 sound system in the truck. I mean, I was shaking the neighborhood, you know, right? Good influence, right? You know, I'm telling you, Jesus was not on my radar at all. Listen, I was so happy, but here's what, here's what sucks when you put your happiness in stuff, is it wears off. 
Like, after a week, I was like, man, that ain't cool anymore. Here's what I did. I was like, well, maybe I just need to, to add a little something else. So I hook up a PlayStation inside my truck. So we got a PlayStation right there on my console. I mean, it was really nice. So me and my cousin are at a red light, and we're playing PlayStation right here in my truck while I'm driving. Bam, bam, you know, that was cool for about a week. And it was always like that. I was never happy because I was always reaching for something when everything I needed was here. It was inside. And I was always reaching for the outside, but it was it was always here and just the way I seen things. I had to see things in the right way to be happy. So here's another here's another deceptive thought too. This is a this is a good one. It gets me a lot. The busier you are, the more productive you are. Yeah, I know some of you have been exhausted. Oftentimes, the less you do, the more productive you are. What is that? I know business guys that take a vacation every couple of months, and they say they get more done when they get back than they could working all year. That just blows me away. You realize that there are priorities, and then there's everything else. That's what they realize is, hey, I've got to focus on these four things, not 14 things, these four things. I've got to focus on these. And if I do that, then everything, I'll be successful. And they do, and they are successful. You then figure out, here's what happens. You then figure out you have plenty of time because you're only focused on four things, not 14 things. So you're less stressed. You've got, you've got more time. You're not frustrated. You don't have anxiety. You, you know, you're, all these other things. Then you're able to tell people, man, I would love to meet with you. When can we have coffee? And they're like, I know that guy's busy. Yeah, but I'm only busy doing four things. I only have four priorities. So my time is really kind of open. You delegate accordingly. You know what your assignments are and what they're not. Oh, that's a terrible one. Here's another one. This one gets me. This one, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how I learned some things or how I continuously learn. Listen, this is what I used to think. God will decide when it's time for me to go so I can live and eat and do things how I want. <clears throat> yep, I did that too. And when I went to the doctor... She said, John, I want you to sit down. And so I was thinking, okay, you know. I was a little nervous. I was like, I thought she was going to tell me, John, you got cancer. And uh, so she sat me down and she said, do you love your family? And I was like, yeah, I, I actually do. She said, do you care about them? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, do you want to watch your kids grow up? And I, I was like, yeah, like, why are you asking me these questions? And she said, John, the way you've been eating is telling me a different story. Because cholesterol, high cholesterol is 200. Your cholesterol was 654. So I'm just wondering what it feels like to be the person that's about to have a heart attack. And, uh, and I, was, I was shocked. So listen, I was deceived. I was ignorant. I didn't know. But look, that lady... That day, that Indian lady sat right there, sweet. She was a sweet lady. 
honestly, I thanked her. I was going to try and hug her, but, you know, she was like, no, we don't hug. I shake your hand. But I said, you know what? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you because I have, I have been ignorant and I have been eating like total garbage. And I did. I told her. I straight up told her. I, I owned it and I moved forward. So anyways, now let's talk about ignorance. I know you guys are super pumped. I know you guys are super happy. This is such an encouraging word, right? I feel like to me, it's just the Father's direction. To me, and maybe you're getting something from it while I'm receiving it too. But the biggest thing too is nowadays, you know, every Thursday these meetings are overcomers meetings. Deception is so huge coming out of an addictive lifestyle. It it is it is so huge because however long that you were either addicted or whatever or whatever was binding you, whatever you needed to overcome, you were hoodwinked during that time. The devil hoodwinked you. And so now God gives us direction to get us out of that 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 mindset, that pattern going around that mountain. All right, anyways, let's move to ignorance. And uh then I'm going to kind of land the plane and we'll wrap it up. Ignorance leads you into major deception. I have heard several talks just this just this week about this subject. Here's what Chris Vallotton said in his book called Spirit Wars. This is a section that says fighting for peace. Many say ignorance is bliss, but God says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So that lady sat me down and she said, John, I'm going to give you knowledge. And knowledge is you need to eat better and you need to you need to get your cholesterol checked. You know, every six months. You can't go to the doctor once every twenty five years. I know a guy that um he was working, had some issues in his health, didn't go to the doctor, knew he should have. I mean, I worked with this guy. I mean, this guy died. He had a little kid. He had cancer, and so he knew something was wrong. So. He just was like, oh, whatever, it'll be all right. Well, it, it wasn't all right. And he died. And so I was thinking, wow, man, you know, like that, that ministered to me because we can notice something is going on and not say anything about it. But I don't think it's fear to address what you think you see or something. I think it's wisdom to address it. Like for me, I had a little shortness of breath. I really honestly was like, it's probably no big deal. But why not get tested anyway for the COVID-19? You know, I've got kids. So I'm, th- I'm thinking about them. I'm not thinking about me. So I think it's okay to notice things. If you notice something, that's good. And addressing it, you just never know. Here's the deal. I have driven many times and been like, I hear something going on in that car. And then thinking, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, apps, app, something, you know, and then you're driving one day, just driving 70 miles an hour, and your CV joint falls out, you know, and your car goes all off the bridge, you know, something crazy like that. So I think it's okay to notice things and address them and check them out. And that's wisdom. I was sitting in a red light, and this lady's car was on fire. Seriously, I'm sitting there, and I rolled one down. I was like, hey, you, your car is on fire. <laughs> like, and she looked at me like, oh, 
really? And I was like, yeah, like right now your car's on fire. And she's just like, oh, really? And I was thinking, maybe she'll get out and check on it. She never got out. She just drove off. So I was thinking, Lord, she has no idea that when she's driving, it's getting more oxygen. So that car's going to catch on fire. And I don't know what happened. I mean, I never seen her again, but I was telling her. <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> yeah, here's, here's what uh, Chris Ballatin continues to say here. Christians are quick to intellectual ag acknowledge the existence of angels and demons, but few can apply that knowledge on a practical level to gain freedom and hope for themselves or others. After surviving a literal living hell when experiencing a nervous breakdown many years ago, the Holy Spirit taught me about getting free and staying free. That's Chris Valentin in Spirit War. That's what he said in his book. Here's what I've learned to do. I was not a question asker for a long time, but I learned that asking questions, it doesn't mean that you don't trust that person, but it just means that you want to fully understand what's going on. I think that's great. I think it's great to, to I mean, try and figure out what's happening, what's going on, because a lot of times, I don't know if you, if you are, are kind of like me, I'm a guy, so I'm like, yeah, I know what's going on. And when it, it happens, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And so now I'm like, I get trying to understand what's happening before it's too late. Yeah, and that pulls me right into the next statement. Ignorance is li is living with a know-it-all attitude. I've lived like that my most of my life. Now I am learning, hey, that is not going to work. I got to ask questions and make sure I understand. And I got to lean on other people. There's nothing wrong with that. I asked my wife, hey, what do you feel? Do you feel like I'm sick or, or that I have this virus? She said, I don't. I don't feel like you have it at all. And so I reach out to my accountability people, my counsel. Hey, would you pray for me? Man, I, I, I honestly, I don't have any flag that you have this. I'm going to pray for you. And, uh, and they, all of them did. And come to find out, I didn't have it. Isn't that something? It's always best. Here's what I've learned. It's always best to assume you're wrong. That way, when you realize you're right, you grew. And you didn't look like an idiot. Being right often leads to damage. <clears throat> yeah. I can't teach a marriage conference, but I can tell you, being right often leads to damage. It's really not worth it being right. I've tried very early in our marriage to be right and, and, and think that I knew best. But that was never beneficial. It, it never helped her feel like I was her teammate. It made her feel like that I was the boss and she was the employee. And she's, she's on here right now, and she'll tell you, amen, yeah. But I realized, hey, this is, not, this is not helping her. And it's not helping me either. Pride breeds ignorance and arrogance. Here's what 1 Corinthians 8, 2 said if you want to know what the Bible said. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. I don't know. That sounds pretty accurate. Well, I'm getting close to, uh, to landing the plane here for, for us. Uh, I, want, I want to share Proverbs 2, 1 through 12. It says, My child, listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. 
So that means that wisdom may not just be blasting at the corner or, 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 or at the radio or, or whatever, or at the TV. So it says that you have to tune your ears for it. Then it says concentrate on understanding, meaning you got to slow down and, and kind of be still. Just like I was the other day, I was sitting there and I was so refreshed, man. I just was just sitting there gathering my thoughts and like, man, I'm so refreshed. Like I'm just able to concentrate on this book. And uh, my friend wrote a book called The Encounter. And he was talking about this encounter that he had with the Lord. It was powerful. Like it was, it was blowing me away. And so I was concentrating on like, wow, this is great. This is a great book. I wasn't reading it like thumbing through the pages, but I was really focused on it like, wow, man, this is awesome. This is what it says. It says, cry out for insight, ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver, seek them like hidden treasures. So you can ask for wisdom and you'll get it. And if you don't have enough understanding that you want, you can get more. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair and you will find the right way to go. Man, that is awesome. I always want to find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people and from those words, from those whose words are twisted. Meaning like they may sound good, but it's not what it sounds like. You ever hear that statement? If you sign up for this, you'll get 500 bucks. I'm like, wow, that is awesome. I want 500 bucks. Well, you go and look at it and you, I mean, you've got to do all this stuff. And you're like, dude, maybe two people can do that. I can't do that. You know, and just, it just never, it's just never what it sounds like, right? But you have to dig into it to figure it out, right? If we continuously, I say we, because this is me too. If we continuously don't get to know the Bible, it makes us a really easy target to be deceived. It, 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 kind of, it kind of breeds ignorance because we rely on our reasoning, our understanding, and what, we, what way we think is right uh, or, or wherever where God's heading. If we are ignorant with our money, we will continue to be broke. Let me tell you what. I was ignorant with my money until I got married. And my wife said, listen, we about to change this. And uh, and she was right. I needed some help. Listen, she, 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 uh, she we had a come to Jesus meeting. And I came to Jesus. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I'm going to leave that alone. All right. Deception and ignorance play right into things that have to be done. This is right now. You've got to do this right now. Here's what happens with that. Most scams that happen, they are right now. 
got to be done right now. And it doesn't give you any time to think or pray or get peace. So always be aware of that. Always be aware of, I got to do it right now. So just be careful. Being a student in life, it makes life worth living. It really, it really does. I'm learning that as I keep learning, it keeps me excited. It keeps that passion burning in my in my heart that, man, I'm going to learn something new today. Here's what Proverbs 3.13 says. Joyful is a person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. Oh, man, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. That's a story about me being an ignorant uh, with my with my wife, boy, she set me straight. All right, I'm going to tell you this one story about ignorance. So when I got arrested, I want you to know there was 19 kilos in my house. So <clears throat> pretty hard to overlook that. Just want you to know. So I, the cop was talking to me, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know what's happening here. And I was trying to be ignorant. I was just trying to play stupid. Well, let me tell you what, that didn't work. And and I've watched, I, I love watching cops because it reminds me of my ignorance uh, in the past. But these guys are like, nope, I didn't even know that that was in the car. <laughs> and they're like, dude, the gun was underneath your seat. And they're like, I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they're thinking, just like I was thinking, Oh, well, it'll just go away. No big deal. You know, I didn't know anything about it. And so it, it doesn't matter. You know, what I realized is these, you know, here's what I realized in that situation. That was my apartment. So whether I was ignorant or not, it didn't matter. <laughs> and here's the thing, too, with a car is if you have a gun in the car or your buddy's got a gun in the car, it's your gun. It's your car. And so as I've gotten to know the law, it's kind of helped me be less ignorant and and think, oh, well, ignorance is my way out. Nope, that don't work. So here's another thing I used to think. Well, when I get to heaven, I'll just tell the Lord that I didn't know. And that, I'll tell you what, that ain't going to work. Uh, when you get up there, he's going to say, well, you had the Bible and you had all these people telling you the truth and you just never chose to walk in it. So I figure it's best to walk in it. That way you don't have to plead ignorance at the end of your life. Or, or uh, you know, sometimes I try to plead ignorance with my wife. But you know what? That doesn't work. I try and tell her. I mean, I just, I didn't hear you. Well, now I realize I better hear her because later on, that's going to be a really tough conversation. It's probably going to boil into this real big, uh, you know, deal that didn't have to be, you know. I don't know about you, but we... We, we get into it. Me and my wife, we, we are passionate people. And, and I love to fight. I, I enjoy it. But I don't, I don't like the damaging fight. That doesn't do anything. Um, but I do think you, you having healthy conflict is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And it really shows your, 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 your love and your care for each other. Um, I wouldn't say do it every day. But, you know, um, we do engage in conflict. And uh, we're learning to understand each other. Still, right? All right, I'm going to tell you a story. I got about four minutes left. I'm going to tell you a story, and it's about Jacob. Pastor John, he shares a story in his testimony, and it's, 
it's very fitting for him, very fitting for his story, uh, very fitting you know, for the situation. But I think that we can walk away with this story and it can really, we can pull, pull this story out and we can apply it straight to our life and we can walk away with something tonight, really, honestly. I'm hoping that myself, I can walk away and realize that I was Jacob a bunch of times. This is what it said, Genesis 20, 27, 30 through 36. I'm gonna read six scriptures. Hopefully, you can hang with me. Just six, I promise. It's going to be okay. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, it's your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably. Then who just served me wild game? I had already eaten it, and I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here, and he tricked me. He has taken your blessing Esau exclaimed, No wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice, for he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he stole my blessing. How many times, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, tried to get God to bless what I was doing. Lord, I'm going to go. I I hear you saying that you want me to be a pastor, but listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and paint cars and I'm going to love people and be a light to them. That way I can do both, right? I can do what I want to do and what you want me to do. I can do both. And that is not that is not called surrender. That is called that ain't even called obedience. That's called disobedience. So, what I learned through all that is God wants what he wants and he's not going to take second best. And he's not going to take a back seat either. And what I realized is I was trying to do the Jacob thing. I was trying to say, okay, well, 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 let me have this and let me have both. And I think that's just our human nature. We say, hey, Lord, I want this and I want this too. And he says, no, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to be on the back burner. I'm not going to let this be here and that be there too. I want all worship. And I used to think that, you know, it was okay. And he let me know quickly, hey, that ain't going to work. I'm going to be Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. And I learned in the very hard truths that he would share with me, I would, I would grow and I would learn a lot about him. I would learn that he is stern and that he is just and he is a good daddy. And he's going to let me know 